This is a Kirkendall Barrett presentation, darling. Wait a minute. No, <laughs> no, no. That is dead. There is a dog. You bought strawberries. <laughs> Who do you think you are? You buy homemade bread? What are you, QAnon? <laughs> what makes him happy? Uh, Not being in this movie? Not being in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> a lifetime of Hallmark. Well, hello, everybody. It is your favorite game of the week. It's time for another episode of A Lifetime of Hallmark, where we talk about your favorite movies on both Lifetime and the Hallmark Channel and try to make sense of them. I am Les Kirkendall Barrett. Hello, Jason Bowers. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett. And hello, Kurt Fitzpatrick. Hello, Les Kirkendall Barrett. And hello, Jason Bowers. So we are back. And I got to tell you guys, I didn't know how you, we didn't text each other before. I actually liked this movie. I didn't hate it. I tolerated it. <laughs> That's our new show so, open right there. <laughs> I tolerated it. <laughs> but I like the fact that it's a trilogy. I, I like the fact that 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 some of my soap opera gals are in it, mm-hmm. along with Lacey. Um, but yeah, I so we'll talk about it soon. But I guess before we talk about it, uh, anybody got any black China news? In a piece of China, China, China. I'm talking China. The Black China Report. Here's Kurt Fitzpatrick. We got right to it. Well, yeah, from RadarOnline.com. Black China exposed and unbothered in Paris ahead of grilling Kardashians under oath over Rob assault claims. Black China is taking her win all the way to Paris. The 33-year-old model looked pretty pleased with herself when photographers caught up with her in the City of Lights. One week after learning, she gets to depose Kim, Chloe, Chris, and Kylie about their alleged assault they claim she committed against her ex-fiancé, Rob. China was dressed to stop hearts. The video <laughs> vixen turned reality star soaked up the attention when she emerged from her car wearing a completely see-through catsuit. <laughs> Ooh! Pulling off the risque number for a Parisian night on town with her close pal, the Car Jenner's arch enemy made heads turn in the exposed number, um, flashing her push-up bra and thong for the world to see. And <laughs> flaunted her, flaunted her hourglass curves in the tight one piece, pairing the look with thigh-high boots and dominatrix-like cuffs. <laughs> the mom of two left little to the imagination, and the shutterbugs ate it up accessorizing with cat-eyed sunglasses and a tiny purse. Uh, China clutched the arm of her friend as the two made their way through the crowd. Of course, she couldn't pass the paparazzi without stopping to give them an eyeful of her beautiful angles. (laughs) Uh, Turning her back towards the camera, China showcased her bare buttocks through the mesh bodysuits. I like it as like a play-by-play of her walking up the steps. Uh, wearing a smile and not much else. Rob's baby mama strutted her stuff like she was on the catwalk only days after proving victorious in the next phase of our car Jenner battle. As Radar exclusively reported, China went to court to demand she be allowed to grill Rob's famous family over the allegations she assaulted him, something he she vehemently denies. The judge granted her request. Three of Rob's sisters will be on, will, will be deposed under oath and so his uh, so his momager Chris, 
China is allowed to grill them for a total of two hours each. This is all in connection to a lawsuit in which Rob accuses China of assaulting him of Kylie in, at Kylie's home back in December 2016. Rob alleges he, she tried to strangle him with an iPhone cord and struck him with a metal pole. China says video footage was very <laughs> Now, I don't remember hearing this. She says video footage, which was shot the next day, allegedly shows Rob without injuries. According to the documents obtained by Radar, China plans to unquestion Kylie about her home security system and why there's never been a video turned over the alleged assault. She also wants to ask Rob's family about his gun collection, as well as their interactions with her ex Uh-oh. in the days following their alleged altercation. Oh. So this okay, Black China the- story had everything. It really yeah, did. It checked oh, yeah. all of the Black China news boxes because it had a play-by-play of her sexy outfit. It had uh, drama between her and the Kardashians. It had uh, a recap of uh, the, the violent alleged interaction between her and Rob. Although no no new violent uh, details in this one, though. Well, but no, but, but we didn't know about did the we, video. Did we know that think. it was metal, though? Did, we did the first time we were yeah. hearing the pole was a metal no, pole? No, we knew it was metal pole, metal. and last week yeah. we heard she struck him. First time we heard that. Uh, the video is a new detail, but it's not a new violent detail, which is what we okay. had noticed with that story, is it got more violent every time it was told. Yes, because I don't recall the pole being a metal pole. Yeah, we had talked about that already. I remember, because we said it was like a stripper pole. And then we said it was like a javelin also, kind of. Yes. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. And, and, and I also love that, it, that this is a cat-themed article. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She wore a cat suit. She wore, she wore a cat suit, cat-eyed glasses. <laughs> she was walking like she was on the catwalk. I loved yeah. it. There it is. <laughs> I want to hear that again. I love cats. See, I prefer cats over dogs myself. Oh my god, that is so funny. <laughs> that is so. <laughs> anyway, so, I, I heard some news that. Um, Okay. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I, I was curious though. I did notice something in that story, and what to me the most telling thing was what was left out, and that was that Kendall is not among the sisters being subpoenaed. I wonder why that oh. is. So, you know, I didn't. I, I said the three, uh, three or four sisters. I didn't. I, I skipped over their names. Unfortunately, I just no. You said their oh. names. You said their names in that. You mentioned all of them except for Kendall. Oh, Isn't hmm. Kendall more of the quiet one, though, anyway? Uh, maybe. But I wonder if... Um, the quiet one hears things and knows what's up. True. True. Let me see if I if I, if I have an oversight. I, and I'm surprised that Chris is... Oh, you're right. ...deposed. Yeah, there's no... No, uh, Chris... I think Chris is. Yeah, it says... She, Chris She is. gets deposed. Kim, Chloe, Chris, and Kylie. But yeah, ah, Kendall... But no Kendall. I don't... No, I don't... Well, Kendall was not in that list of names, No. Hmm. Well, no, I wonder no. if maybe maybe Kendall, Kendall was still a minor at the time of the incident. True. Could have been that. True. Okay. True. Uh, people sometimes like when we talk about union stuff. So have you guys been uh, started? <laughs> now, I have a friend who listens, and he said he was really interested oh. one time. He got really oh. into it. We started talking about SAG, SAG after stuff. Well, are you guys watching your screeners? I watched the Tinder bar. That the uh, Clooney directed no, one, Tender Bar. Tender Bar, yeah. actually, yeah. I watched that, and I watched half of 
Oh, for those of you at home, so if you're in SAG-AFTRA, you know, if you're like big shot actors like us, you get screeners so you can vote in the SAG Awards. So I watched The Tender Bar, and I've watched half of The House of Gucci, and that's where I'm at. <gasps> I want to see that one, even though I heard it's really bad, but I heard, I heard it's so bad it's good. I mean, it's a little, it's a little, over, uh, yeah, I'm still, like, I'm still at the halfway point, so I, I still have to see it. It's a bit over the top. It's kind of, it's kind of hitting that point. It looks like it's a lot over, over the, top. the top. Well, it looks like 90% of the actors are in on the game plan that this is going to be over the top. And then the other 10% are thinking that they're like really doing some work here. I think it's consistently over the top. So I think it, it's working for me. It's working so far. Okay. But like I said, I've got more to watch. Well, okay, I'm pissed because I'm being forced to watch Squid Game. Now, so you're going to watch, because Succession is nominated, you're going to watch that? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I, I like to watch everything. I like to okay. be an informed, I like to be an informed voter. So, like, I watch it all. Because I love Succession, so I'd, I'd like to hear your yeah. uh, um, thoughts and, and Succession sounds like something that's right up my alley, but Squid Games does no. not. I'm not you know, yeah. you know, I don't like uber, uber violent stuff. You know, Same. my, I, you know, I like, you know, women yelling at each other, throwing wine at each other. You know, that's fine. But killing gets a little much. But I'm going to watch. It. it looks a little apocalypse to me, too. And I can't watch stuff like that. Ooh, I hate dystopian stuff. Yeah. I oh, hate dystopian stuff. And I always Why do you have. feel like why do you feel like you need to watch like everything? It's a, it's a lot because of stuff. Because I, I want to be informed. And so last year when I watched everything, I discovered some new shows because of it. Like Ted Lasso was not on my radar until I watched my screeners. And then I was like, "Oh my god, I love this show. Why haven't I been watching this show?" So I'm hoping to have a similar experience this time. Like you said, Succession is good. I've never watched so it. It hasn't been on my radar. It's phenomenal. So now I'm going to watch it. I, I think you'll like it less because it's it, actually, yeah, love it. It's yeah, it's well done, but it's high drama too. So, you know, there's a lot of like backstabby kind of stuff. So you'll like it for that aspect, but you also like it because it is really good storytelling and it's so well acted and well written and well directed that you are just, you want to know more about these just horrible trash bag yeah, human beings are. now it's so smart it's, now it's are there a smart show but it, yeah is there women with big hair sometimes no champagne drinking champagne of. there's champagne for sure yeah okay yeah. like cattiness yeah a lot of cattiness actually especially it's, amongst it's, the siblings yeah. If if it's if it's you know because if it's full of women with big hair and a brunette, especially with a British accent and champagne, I'm well, there is a, so there is the, a brunette the, with the British accent. Well, the daughter, uh, the, the daughter the, of the main character, is. she is an Australian actress, but she's playing an American. She's got red hair, but there is champagne and okay. cattiness. So. And rich people. Sounds oh. like it's right up my it's alley. Rich people, yeah. Very that's much in rich. My, that's in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Okay, we'll see. So exactly. I will... But I think you might have to start a season one. I don't yeah. think... You definitely uh, do. You, you can't start a season three. I... Well, I, but I'm mm. the type. I can jump in and then... Mm. It's not... You know, it's not In this particular case, I would 
not, I would say it's not even a case of you won't understand what's going on, but you kind of need to start at the beginning just so that you get so invested in the characters that you care about them, even though they're terrible. I I see. And you don't want to miss out on, I, you don't want to deprive yourself. Okay. Starting a season three and you'll still be able to get like, if you you can't watch those three seasons by the time you get to vote, you'll get it. You know, all, all the same actors are on season one. Yeah. That are on okay. Cool. Season three. So cool. But yeah, that is totally how I discovered Ted Lasso was just watching my SAG screeners. And, and the reason why I'm backed up is because I was expecting him in the mail. Mm-hmm. And then I checked my email and I was wondering why I didn't get him. I checked my emails one day and I'm like, oh my God, they're all in my email. <laughs> it's annoying though, because this year they have them scattered across yeah. multiple sites. So like you can watch yeah. some in their app. You can watch some on Disney's special backdoor app that isn't Disney+. Plus. Uh, Warner Brothers does a similar thing. So it's like you're on five different places to get it when it's all digital anyway. Yeah. Right. And they have an option to right. go green. So I don't have to get a bunch of DVDs from Netflix this year. So I did that. Go gr- Oh, Kurt, are you green? I'm green. Well, I don't want Netflix. And last year, I got all these DVDs from Netflix. Like, I don't, I don't, if I, I could watch Ozark on Netflix. I don't need a DVD yeah. of it. And, and like, if you watch it on your Netflix account, you're not going to get all those um, intrusive messages telling them that it's property of Netflix and you shouldn't pirate it. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Does it, does it still have, like, the messages, like, like, don't even think about giving this to someone else? <laughs> Had you yeah. watched anything this year, Les? Anything new? Pardon? Have you seen anything new yet, Les? Uh, no. Okay. Because I watched uh, Nightmare watch Alley last week, and I hated it. Hated it. Really? I might start I with being that. the Ricardos. Because that's oh, it, too, right? I've seen that. That's good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well that's on Amazon anyway. Yeah, I might start with, you know, being with the Ricardos and, like, start out light. It's It's okay. Well, I started out with a tender bar. Ben Affleck, who is sometimes is awful, is very good in this movie. I may even vote for him. I think Clooney's oh. a good director. I think he, people sort of don't realize how good he is as a director. There's also a very charming, uh, very sweet scene with, s- sequence, I should say, with Christopher Lloyd. Oh. Um, otherwise, the movie has a lot of, it's, it, it's a lot of cliches. It's like coming of age kind of movie, but it was good. Okay. I like a good coming of age movie. So far, it's like, so far you guys are like really selling me on these movies. It sounds like, you know, an enjoyable week. No, I'm trying to not sell you on Nightmare Alley. (laughs) I'm saying Nightmare Alley is terrible. I was bored out of my mind for two hours and I didn't even get through the whole thing. It's Belfast. Belfast is on the list too, right? Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. Okay, I want to see that. So it's good. So, so it's so funny because with my husband, he's like, well, let's go to the movies. Like, and I'm like, you know what? I might as well. He wanted to go a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, I might as well just wait because I'm going to get them all anyway. Watch them at home. Fight, <laughs> <laughs> you know, not getting COVID. I think maybe he's trying to get you away from the TV so he's not forced to watch things like The Wedding Veil. I don't force him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We watch TV at different times for that very reason. But let's get, speaking of wedding veil, let's get into it. Yeah. The wedding veil. Now this, 
is a part of a trilogy, or as Jason, you called it, the sisterhood of the traveling pants without the pants. Yes. Um, Which so. is, uh, like, having never seen the sisterhood of the traveling pants, I know broadly the the premise of the movie, and when I first heard about the premise of this trilogy, that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like instead of sharing a pair of pants, they're going to be sharing this wedding veil, and that is what it turns out to be. Yes. I, I yes. like what Hallmark is trying to do in terms of like linking these movies together. So we're a little more invested in the characters and we want to watch more. Um, and I think this is a better, at least uh, based on the first movie, a better attempt than that. Uh, the one with the sisters that we saw a few weeks ago. And I think it's also, cause you know how all these people are like jumping ship from, from Hallmark to go, go to GAC. I think this is a way to showcase these are our new divas and Queen Lacey is staying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably Lace. that. And and I was thinking about this that you think of any show that has ever had a spin-off, it's always based on either a very popular character that's already on the show. Uh, so you're already invested or it's based on the premise of the show. Like, oh, you like CSI in Las Vegas. Oh, you'll like it in my Miami or wherever it is. And Hallmark and Lifetime, really, they can't do that because they do a new movie every week, a new uh, new set of actors, new set of characters every week. And what they're selling over and over is the, the, the beats of the story. Right. And That's so why th there's no way to link them together at all. <laughs> that's why Brady oh Brady no 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 Grady Grady had oh, it all oh they, got it they took they took a character from Sanford's son Grady they put him in a, a new setting oh wait so, okay speaking of Grady same character yeah go ahead do you know do you know what I heard because Any I posted gossip that about I, Grady <laughs> I, okay. No, Grady came up in conversation. Of course he did. Because I posted that I am now older than the Golden Girls when they first started on the Golden Girls. And one of my friends put a comment that the guy that played Grady was like only 42 when he was playing Grady. We should probably, I, I bet you there are quite a few people that don't even know who we're referencing right now. Okay, so... Everyone, so children, gather around. Once upon a time, there was a comedy about a junkyard called Sanford and Sons. Mm -hmm. And it was about, and it was starring Red Fox, who, for those of you kids who don't know, was a very dirty comedian who then became a sitcom star. And... Fred, his name, yeah, Fred Sanford had a best friend called Grady. And so then Grady, because it was Grady, and then there was Aunt Esther who would always say, watch it, sucker, and then hit people with her purse. This is like the Grady masterclass. So, <laughs> I would totally pay for that, by the way. So Grady got a spinoff. Where he went to, he went to a different town or something. He went somewhere. And that was it. But then later, the actor who played Grady was in a series with Lonnie Anderson, like in the 80s. What's that? It's called Easy Street. Oh, I remember that. E I don't remember that. Yeah, I remember that. So, so Lonnie Anderson was a very rich woman. And so her grandfather and his best friend, Grady, 
were they were in an assisted living and so she went and got them out of this assisted living so they could move with her and live with her in her mansion well, that's nice of her well it's Lonnie Anderson Lonnie Anderson's always nice uh, Grady is also in Boys in the Hood that's the, the part where Lawrence Fishburne takes some of the kids to like a rough well, I guess they were in a rough area anyway he starts giving a speech and so some of the people from the neighborhood start to gather around, and one of them is Grady. Wow. Wow. So I mean, he the actor plays Grady. But. So then the guy that played Grady was kind of like Estelle Getty or Angela Lansbury, who, like, played old before their time. It seems like to be successful in Hollywood, you also either have to look way younger than you are or look way older than you are. You yeah. just can't look your True. age. True. Because Angela Lansbury looked like she was 40 when she was, like, 25. Tom Cruise is older than Wilford Brimley when he was in Cocoon. <gasps> yeah. How old? Okay, how old but was Wilford Wilford Brimley looked old. Like how Wilford old Brimley was he when was, he was in Cocoon? Well, I forget, but Wilford Brimley was, was way younger than Don Amici and uh, Hume Cronin. <laughs> but, but he looked older. That's some hard living. <laughs> He's got oatmeal and vodka. Well, <laughs> the thing is, he's eating oatmeal, but he's not putting sugar on it. That's cocaine. Right? How straight it is. You just can't do that. <laughs> I just say vodka and oatmeal. That's not true. I don't want the Wilford Brimley family coming after me. Right. Is he still alive? Actually, come get me. Come get me. No, I think he died. I believe he is no longer with us. <laughs> oh, we're safe. His uh, estate. So we're safe. Man. So the cease and desist from the Wilford Brimley estate. Right? Could you imagine the Wilford Brimley estate? <laughs> frame that. Stop. <laughs> right? I Seriously. I almost want the cease and desist beca- because I want them to get specific about what they want us to stop saying. <laughs> <laughs> and they're requesting that we stop inferring that Wilford Brimley ate his oatmeal with vodka and cocaine. <laughs> well... Wasn't his heyday in the eighties though? How do they know? And he may I, have that. He, that the people weren't around him twenty four hours a day. I'm, I'm sure it's I'm not googling him. Like, it's a weird stuff. I think he had a huge orgy in the set of Cocoon. Yeah, yeah, I heard some of those. Oh my god, just, homes got a little wild. He just died in twenty twenty. Jeez. He, he, yeah, he just wow. So how old was he? Oh, boy. How old was he when he died? No, in Cocoon. Cocoon. In Cocoon. Like 60, probably. Oh, no, I'm going to say 72. I think he was a little little younger. Because Tom Cruise is in 72. Wait a minute. No, no, no. No. Okay. right? He, they said that he was 50 when he was in Cocoon. Bullshit. That is bullshit. 100% that is bullshit. I'm going to look at another site. John Amici was like 100. How old was Wilford Brimley? And it pops right up in Cocoon. I'll tell you, the years aren't kind either. Okay. So. I saw Christopher Lloyd in this movie. I was watching. He looks kind of like no. A, it says on Wikipedia it, he was fifty. He was fifty. 
What year does it say he was no. born? Wait, no. And then there's one that says he was only 49 when he was cast and then turned 50 during the filming. What year was and he, he was 26. He, and they said he was as much as 26 years younger than the actors playing the senior citizens. Oh. Yeah. I feel so, really old right now. Yeah, I so don't know that. So I am years older than Wilford Brimley in when he was in Cocoon. Well, no comment. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I do feel old now. Well, I'm actually, Jessica Tandy when she was in Driving Miss Daisy. So I'm holding on to that. Well, but then I guess I got to be kind of happy because it's like, you know, I don't think I look my age. I definitely, I, I definitely don't look Wilford Brimley's age when he was. So, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, when he was in the firm, he was 58. Okay. Yep, I'm reading The New Yorker, and it says it in The New Yorker, too. So if it says it in The New Yorker, it's got to be true. This is this a New Yorker article you're reading? Uh-huh. Those articles are dense. Okay. Well, Very you know. All right. Very long. So okay. anyway. So Here we go. We're, we're, in, we're in San Francisco. Have you ever been to San Francisco in one of these movies? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I don't think, I don't think they were filming in San Francisco. I don't no, think they, they no, could no. pay for that. So we're so and we're at a wedding. It's stock footage. And at the wedding, Lacey, Lacey Chabert from All My Children, Sammy from Days of Our Lives, and Danny from One Life to Live were all there and they were friends. I did not know Lacey Chabert was on a soap before Party of Five. I didn't either. She and was Erica Kane's daughter. I, I'm not even, I didn't really watch the OC religiously, so I'm not super familiar with Autumn Reeser, but I had at least heard of her. And she was on Party now, of Five? I don't. Lacey Chabert, Lacey Chabert yeah. was. She she's was on Party the, of Five. She's the youngest daughter. I thought that was. Nev Campbell is their sister. Oh. You're thinking of Jennifer okay. Love Hewitt. She was not a family member. Jennifer Love Hewitt, yeah. She was not a family member. She uh, was uh, played Scott Wolf's girlfriend. And she was a young... So Lacey Chabert, was was she like a little kid? Yeah. yeah. She was like yeah. 10, oh. 11. Oh, okay. That's why I don't, don't remember her. I don't I didn't, don't think I religiously watched that show. She but was also a mean in the, in the movie, their names are Avery. So Lacey is Avery... Uh, Danny is Emma, and Sammy is Teresa. And so we find out that, uh, wait, was it Teresa? I have Emma. Tracy. Tracy is on Tracy. So Tracy, we find out Tracy's going through a breakup. Oh, first of all, we find out that not only does Lacey love weddings, they meet every year. These, they're, I guess, college friends, but they meet every year and they, I guess, go to a wedding and they go antiquing. No, I don't think they went to a wedding. I think they were like standing around in the lobby and Lacey sees this wedding happening. It's just like crashing it essentially. And she, you know, and so we find out she loves weddings. That is her thing. She loves them. Oh boy. So, so then we also find out – so, oh, we find out that Tracy might be going to Italy um, to take a class. Then we also find out that 
that Avery is up for a cur- curator position at her museum. And so we find out they're best friends. They support each other. So then they go walking around Chinatown, which San Francisco has a fabulous Chinatown. And they find a secondhand store, Hilda's Treasures. And so uh, Avery... That China sounds crazy. I've been walking around that Chinatown, and, and and somebody like they pulled like a fish out of a barrel, like a crab or something like that, and that's like like smacked it with a hammer. I was like freaked out by it. Well, anyway, this is fresh. That didn't happen <laughs> in the show. It did not happen in the show. No, that just I'm sorry, Peta. Don't come after me. Just don't go to Chinatown, in San Francisco. <laughs> oh, cease and desist. Let's wait. Right? Could you imagine we get a cease and desist from Chinatown? From this, <laughs> imagine please the stop, money. Please stop associating Chinatown with all things Wilford Brimley. But imagine like the Wilford Brimley people are listening, and they call the Chinatown people, and say, "Hey, look, let's save money and consolidate. We could cease and desist together. Do a group order." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So Avery see the wedding veil. And Hilda says it's not an ordinary wedding veil. It has powers. It's Uh-oh. from Italy. And whoever, um, who, who, uh, first, oh, then she asks if any one of them are engaged. None of them are engaged. But we find out uh, Tracy, this is uh, Sammy, has a boyfriend they keep referring to named Finn. And every time yeah, they're referring Finn. to him, it's all done under the not even under their breath, but kind of to her face of like, wow, he's, you know, you're, you're kind of making excuses for him. He seems kind of like a loser. So that means in the third movie, we're going to meet Finn and he's going to be trouble. He's either going to be trouble and gets his act together and we root for him, or he's (laughs) going to, uh, she's going to find somebody better because of the veil. I'm almost looking forward to that. I predict she's going to find somebody better because of the veil. Yeah, Finn looks like he's on the way out. Because Hilda told us that the veil has secret powers. Oh, so all the people from the Bible Belt are in these Hallmark films. Are they okay with this 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 voodoo magic? Well, they're probably going to run over to GAC. (laughs) (laughs) They're scaring them away. We are dealing with the occult now. Haunted veils aren't in this, are they? Well, they're already scared away because there's gay people and people of color in it. So they're like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) So Hilda said that her mother had the veil and her mother got married. And it was like some kind of chance meeting or something. She, it was like sort of some sort of a meet cute. But that's how her parents met was because her mom had the veil. And so all three of the ladies decide, all right, you know what? Let's all go three way on this veil mm. and we'll split the cost. And they don't know how much it is. They don't even ask. They're just whipping nope. out their credit cards. It's whipping out the credit cards. So, so then they, they, buy the, they buy the veil they take a selfie with each other, and then we see Avery. Oh, because then they say their goodbyes. We see Avery hailing a cab, and then we see a guy hailing a cab as well. 
So the cab stops. Well, first of all, it's, it's important to point out that uh, while they're all about to part, you know, separate ways, Lacey left her veil with uh, the baggage claim at the desk. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because that's a yes. very important detail later. So, so then the cab stops. The guy goes to get in the cab. Lacey goes to get in the cab. And they're both like, it's my cab. No, it's my cab. No, it's my cab. And so the guy was a gentleman and let her take it. So then the cab takes her to uh, a museum and she's getting out at the museum. And lo and behold, who was getting out of another cab but the guy? Yeah. So, you know, he's like, oh, wow. We both end up at the same museum. Is this fate or coincidence? And so, you know, I they, was a little offended that she just assumed because he was coming, going to a museum, he's obviously gay. I mean, that's not, that's not right. <laughs> so they're touring. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, but I'll tell you one thing in that museum, nobody was wearing a backpack. Nobody had a knapsack. Oh, right. Wow. Harsh, Kurt. Harsh. Well, <laughs> well. Their museum didn't suck either. For, for those that ha- haven't heard this story on one of our previous episodes, uh, short version of the story is Les was profiled for wearing a backpack. Yes. And then that museum that? later got written up for discrimination in the paper. They did, yeah. And I, I was, was like, there. ha! I witnessed that. Kurt was there. In, in What was it? The Indiana what? Yeah. I guess the Indianapolis. Oh, geez. We should, we should get it right. Yeah, it was the an art museum. The Indi- it was like, yeah. yeah, so they'll probably send us a cease and desist, too. Send it, bitches. Like we, anyway. we are spending our entire legal budget fighting the Wilford Brimley uh, state. That's true. We better really? save our pennies. <laughs> We're going to need a backpack to carry around all this paperwork. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so. But the guy's like kind of looking her up and down like she's a snack. Like he's into her. Like and she's what? actually into him. Like a snack? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and so they take a picture together. Oh, wait, no. Oh, wait, no. Sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. He's looking her up and down like a snack. They mm. walk around the museum. They both like to read the entire uh, Yes profiles of the pictures and i do that too and, it, and and i just forget i just do no no i, read, I, I, I don't I, I do it too what's that oh yeah yeah oh, i thought you said why no no i said so do i okay i, th- I thought it was a attack like why i was like well hey listen i, oh. I, gotta, I gotta know what's going on here i actually felt attacked that they thought it was dumb that other people do it i'm like that's kind of the whole point is it summarizes it so you know what's going on right so, so then they go, they go to, to a rose garden, and once again, he's like, this has to be fate. And I guess he's into fate or whatever. Then they start comparing lives, and they're pretty similar. They're, they're, they're a good match, actually. And then they... Um, And then she's explaining why she's there. You know, her friends meet and go antiquing. And he tells her, you know, he's self-employed, works for himself. 
And then they go to a food truck. And this is, you know how Kurt likes cake? I like yeah. mac and cheese. So this looks really good. They went to a mac and cheese food truck. And so they're eating their mac and cheese. And then they realize they both live in Boston. Oh, yeah. He's got like this accent that he puts on here and there. I and didn't so, even realize, by the way, that he was doing an accent until about a third in the movie. And then I'm like, now it's really, really noticeable. So I don't know if he was bad at doing it consistently or if he was bad at hiding that he had it earlier in the movie because he was trying to blend in a little more. I, right. I think, I think he's not consistent with it. Car, like all of a sudden, he'll say, "Like I have to drive my car." It it was a Canadian Boston, right? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Like Boston, Vancouver, Boston, my car. That's the only word oh. I can think of. So then they're like, "Hey, well, let's share a cab to the airport." And but then he gets a phone call, and Lacey goes to get her things from the hotel. And so she gets her, her suitcase. She gets the veil, which is in like a protective sort of a cover. And she's chatting with the clerk. And he looks over. His name is Peter, by the way. Peter looks over, sees her holding the, ba- the veil, and just assumes that she's getting married. So then she walks up to him to share the cab. And then all of a sudden, he's very frosty to her and kind of mean. How did you guys feel about this as a plot device? That didn't make any sense to me. Why is that? I thought because he could have just asked instead of assume because and, and maybe it's because of living in LA and I'm sure you have the same on like living in the New York area where you see people carrying weird shit all the time. See, I, yeah. I, I, there's a difference between seeing a random person on the street pushing a giant laundry cart from a hotel, nowhere near a hotel, versus a woman in a really nice hotel that just housed a wedding that he attended. She's holding a veil. I, like, my mind would think that she was engaged because they weren't, it's not like they were on a date, so she didn't intentionally mislead him. But then also, mm. though, I mean, but I would ask only because, hey, is this your friend's veil? Are you holding it for somebody? Are you, you know, like, you know, weird shit like that? Yeah. Yeah, I might think that at first, but it was, it's, as far as like a premise, it was a lot of stretching. It, it took a lot to stretch that out. I guess I liked I, it only yeah. because they're always looking for excuses to keep the main couple of the movie apart throughout the movie. And this at least felt like a somewhat believable reason why they weren't getting together. That's okay. interesting. That, makes sense. that is true. That makes sense. But uh, yeah, but that was just frustrating me because I'm like, why don't you just ask her? And she'll tell you that the cookie yeah. story. <laughs> Well, I guess, you know, if that's what he has set in his head, uh, then it's like anything he sees, any kind of hint he sees or something like that, he's going to 
somehow adjust it so it so he continues to think that way. Yeah. That is something that people and and things do. were happening along the way yeah. that sort of reinforced that narrative to him as well. And right. yeah. and we get the the information very soon that he was the reason he was sort of cagey about his information is because he comes from a great deal of money and is mm-hmm. kind of concerned about why what people's motives are. So he's yeah. already on guard. But that's true that people will get something lodged in their head and then, you know, they'll they'll find things to justify it that aren't even aren't even aren't just don't really justify it, but that's how they look at it. So, you know, I guess that happens. So so then he, you know, so yeah, so he basically ditches her and then the next scene we see um Avery Tracy and Emma, and they're all on Zoom. So Hallmark is with the times, and they're Zooming each other. (laughs) So they're having their Zoom conversation, and then... um, They should have uh, a ref show. They should have like an AOL chat room, or even like a party line. A party line. (laughs) So so then, because I was a little worried... Because you know how when they don't follow the tropes, it gets a little shaky. So there was no woman who was very busy, but they made up for it here because Avery goes back to work and she's very busy, like a Hallmark heroine should be, mm-hmm. very busy. Yeah. And so then, um, she has an Lu- So so Lucy was it was Lucy a coworker or someone's assistant she was it was both she was the assistant to sophia who ran the museum okay so she's a coworker of avery's and a friend of avery's but her direct uh, she directly reports to sonia okay so so yes yeah, so yes yeah, so Lacey does have an enemy named jason yes and so they're at a board meeting they and they keep on talking about Mr. Hastings. Where you know, Mr. Hastings has a foundation, and and Mr. Hastings wants to join our board, and Mr. Hastings, blah 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 blah. Um, we then find out also that Lucy's getting married, and she met this guy. She fell in love, and they're getting married like within a month. Yeah, like they just got engaged. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. she asks Avery to help her because since Avery loves weddings. Avery's good at weddings. Even the other friends were telling her she should have been a wedding planner because she's just weddings are her thing. And that was her. Oh, that, that we find out that that's what her mom used to do, meaning uh, she was referred to in past tense. And I see dead people is no longer with Ex- us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Another but sign. Did, well, did she grow up with a cat? I think she did. Who? Avery? <laughs> I think her no, just I, wants to hear that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I do need warning for that one because it's in a different spot on my soundboard than the other sounds. So I need okay. to, I need a second yeah. to maneuver to it. Uh, I, have to speak slower. I, I see it on ramp to know where we're going. So, uh, but as far as that adversary goes, uh, it's, it's weird because his name is Jason mm-hmm. and your name is Jason and Jason. Mm-hmm. So I don't want anybody to get confused. Are you trying to say that I'm sabotaging the show? No, no, no! I'm saying I, that's why I don't want things to get confusing. Oh, got it. Well, we'll call him. Um, we'll call. We'll call the adversary Mean Jason because he was oh, mean. So mean Jason. They're talking about him right in front of him. Like, the, 
know, they're like saying, you know, because the thing was that he was trying to get the promotion and she's trying to get the promotion and they're just, they're to talk. He's, he's, he's sitting right there. He can hear you. He was what a sucker. Yeah, he was, he was so mean. Um, oh, okay. So, so then well, we find Avery out who Mr. Hastings the- is. Right. Mr. Hastings is Peter, the guy who ditched her. I've known people like this too. They're just really wealthy and they're on like a board, you know, mm-hmm. like they're, they have this position because they're wealthy. It's, 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 it's unusual. And they're bored. You're on the board because you're bored. Yeah. And, and I, li- I like here that Avery sticks up for herself. Because she's like, you know, who, who the hell do you think you are leaving me, asshole? And they do not get along at all. Then Avery makes another Zoom call to her friends. And when the friends find out who it is, they're like, oh, my God, because he's filthy rich. His dad See, created I don't want to talk about these people. I know some people like this, and I've got some stories. I can't, I, I can't do it because they're going to – it's it's too – Identifying, I'm gonna get in trouble. These are people with with money. They'll have me killed, right? So I'll have to keep my mouth shut. The Wilford Brimley people, I'm not afraid of, right? <laughs> they'll just hit you with. They'll just throw. They don't have. You. They don't have the money that some people have. They have Quaker Oats money, mm-hmm. and that's my. It's 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 not big money. <laughs> oh, so so. Avery gets a little jaded and she's like, well, maybe true love doesn't exist. And it's like, Jeez. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen Lacey Chabert in a jaded, like in a role where she's jaded. Then. Oh, so then Lucy's trying on wedding dresses. Avery's telling her how she never caught the bouquet. And then this next part, Kurt, I thought about you. Because she's supposed to meet Peter, and Peter shows up at the cake tasting because they're at a wedding cake tasting. Now, Kurt, how did you like yeah. this scene? I liked it. I was wondering because I like a lemon cake, but I wonder if a lemon cake would really be a good idea for a wedding. Because isn't that kind of does everybody like lemon cake? I had a lemon cake at my wedding. <laughs> I don't know. So maybe it's a good idea. I, I, love I mean, I, love I grew lemon. up in a bakery. My dad owned a bakery. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm a big believer in go for like a really plain, simple cake. Cause if you go with flavors, some people are like, oh, I don't like that flavor. I can't oh. eat like a lot of people can't have chocolate. So I would never do a marble for instance. Uh-huh. And a lot of people remember when like red velvet was a thing and I never liked red velvet. I never liked red velvet. What okay. the big deal was. Well, it's chocolate. It's just, you know, with food color. But people would be like, oh, my God, it's red velvet cake. Oh, my God. Controversial yeah. opinion. I don't like chocolate cake. Ooh, oh, now we're going to get letters. Mm-hmm. Kurt, are you okay? Well, of course I'm okay. It's a chocolate <laughs> cake industry that's going to have an issue with it. Well, also, at least more <laughs> chocolate cake for Kurt. Right, Exactly. <laughs> well, I don't see like that. So you saying that doesn't mean a piece of chocolate cake appears in front of me. I only wish it worked that way. No, I like chocolate cake. 
<laughs> I don't much to say about this. No, I just said, yeah, there's, there are like niche flavors there. Like lemon, there's coconut. Not everybody likes coconut. I like coconut as well. And then they had mocha. He liked, he liked the chocolate mocha cake. And then I don't know Lucy, if I like that. Lucy mocha. was like, I don't like, yeah, maybe. I'm a pie guy. There I said oh, it. I love pie. Same. I love a good, um, I, I like a blueberry pie. Because like we live near the house of pies. Very good pies there. Very good pies at Dupar's. They have a good Ooh, yeah. blueberry cream pie. Ooh, see, I would love that. Yeah. I like a really good lemon meringue pie. A good I would love that. Pie. So you like you like a little tart with your sweet. I do. I like that. I yeah. like a good uh, strawberry pie. I've had strawberry pie at, at House of Pies before. That was good. Depends. Depends. Rhubarb. Range. Do you like the rhubarb? Yeah, That's yeah, kind of yeah. tart. Yep, I do. I like uh I like a shoe fly pie. What's a shoe fly pie? You ever had that? That's a it's a Pennsylvania sure. Dutch thing. It they basically it started as a, a, you if you were making pies, you wanted to shoo the flies away from your pies, so they would make oh. this like molasses one, just like pure molasses yeah. basically, and stick it there to attract the flies to that, so they'd shoo away from the others. But then people started eating it because it's pure molasses. Oh, that's 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 a local thing, huh? I wasn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, very Pennsylvania oh. thing. Okay. Molasses. Bleh. It's good. Shoe fly pie. Uh, no, what was I thinking? There's, there's, there's sweet potato pie. I like sweet potato. I like pie. Patty LaBelle's sweet potato pie that you oh, yeah. turned me on to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this segment is sponsored other, by Keebler. What's the other soul food pie? There's, there's, there's sweet potato pie. There's, there's another. What's the other one I'm thinking of? There's pumpkin pie and sweet potato pie. It's sweet potato okay. pie. You may have think of sweet potato pie. Okay. Oh, you think of like a cobbler? I thought there was another pie, but I think I was thinking about sweet potato. Oh, no, the sweet, the, the sweet potato pie is like the pie to get with soul food. Okay. A pumpkin or pumpkin. Mm -hmm. That's good. Could be. Or pecan, pecan pie. No, <laughs> so I don't like nuts. I don't like nuts and desserts usually. Uh, that's where I draw the line. Okay. That's oh, that's the that's the that's the that's line the, you do not. That's so a deal not breaker. a fan of the nutter butter cookie. I take it. I like nutter butter cookies. Mm. Well, it's a peanut butter. There's no. There are no actual nuts. Here's what I don't like: rice pudding with raisins. I don't like it. Ew. Ew. That's gross. What is so funny over this, there? This whole conversation is so wildly serious, off the rails, even for us. Serious. <laughs> it's a more of a, it's just more of a relaxed episode. Too. We're 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 working through things in this episode. <laughs> Much oh. like a cat uh, tiptoes with his little paws. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so Lucy's trying on wedding dress. Thank you. And so we find out that Avery has never caught the bouquet. Ever. Oh, wait, no, we did this already. Mm -hmm. Hold on. There are cake yeah, tastings. Oh, so, so, oh, so they're at the chalk, they're at the, the, the tasting thing. Yeah. And then uh, Avery goes and she's talking to a guy. 
And he just assumes that that guy is her boyfriend. And it was just some random guy. Wait, first of all, we forgot to mention when she and Peter were connecting in San Francisco, one of the things they were doing is they're like walking and talking, like asking about like favorite movie. And she said that she loves When Harry Met Sally. She watches it every year, blah, blah, blah. Cut to Peter walks up on the cake tastings of them eating. And Peter references When Harry Met Sally by saying the, the famous line, I'll have what she's having, which is oh. especially funny when you consider this is on Hallmark and they just referenced a scene in a movie where a woman is faking an orgasm. They're mixing it up. They're they're getting they're getting with the times. Whew. Some of them are traditional viewers. You got that. You got this voodoo stuff. They they're you know they they're getting they're getting hit Hallmark. It's, it's also a risky thing to reference movies that are better than the movie that it's yeah, in. Yeah. They're referencing. They reference The Godfather Part Three, which eh, it's not well, even that eh. great. Not even that great, but <laughs> but you know, but they did. Um, and they reference When Harry Met Sally. We watched one that referenced Casablanca. The nerve! Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten over that. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so that and that's the thing about Peter, like he's dumb because like he'll see her talking to random guys and just assume that's her boyfriend. And that and the guy she was talking to was literally like a random guy. He is and, a little dumb. Yeah, because then he because he flounces away every time when he could have just asked. Because he just flounces, he flounces away, and she's like, "Well, where did he go?" That that brings dick. up a point. How much of a catch is Peter? I mean, he's got money, but he's a bit of a blank slate. He's he's a good-looking guy. Yeah. Didn't seem mean. Uh, definitely has a lot of money. I mean, as long as he's not, not like a raging a-hole, I, I think that makes right. him quite attractive to many people. Yeah, because okay. he wasn't an a- like he was just dumb. He wasn't as a mean. partner, as a life partner. Yeah, no, I like other than other than him being dumb and and uh, making assumptions, he wasn't a bad guy. Yeah, like worst case scenario, he's not that interesting. Right. Okay. Right. But yeah, but yeah, he was definitely he's he's definitely worth it. So, oh, oh, so then she's making an artist. Avery's making an art installation that looked like they just nailed a bunch of Jenga pieces together. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like like actual art that somebody, you know, and she's just saying, well, put this over here, put this over there. It's like, isn't there supposed to be a specific design as far as where everything's supposed to go? It's not her work. I, I, I'll only allow it if those were all individual pieces from the same artist and she was getting to decide the the way it was going to be displayed to the public. Because they were sculptures of some sort. Right. Yeah. So so why did she go down into the basement? Oh, so they uh, she's like saying hey to the the workers that are like positioning the art and they're like, Oh, you know, we need to we need to clock out. But by the way, uh, this bench doesn't really go. Or she said the oh, bench okay. doesn't really go. She wants it to be a more cohesive look or something. And they're like, oh, there might be some stuff in the basement. We could go look tomorrow. And she's like, oh, I'll go look now. Okay. So she went down to the basement, 
Mm-hmm. And she's looking around, and all of a sudden, she finds a painting. Isn't it like and, right out in the open? Like she, it's not like she yes. uh, un- uncovered. It's not. It's not on the floorboards. It's just like it's right there. This becomes a yeah. major plot point in the movie that this is this long lost painting that nobody knew was like still in existence. And she goes down and like within moments of being in the basement, finds this rare piece of art. Right, because it's very rare. It, Maybe no one's gone down the basement since 1968. I think she said it's been down there. 63. It, it wasn't even behind a bunch of stuff. It was standing right there in plain sight. It's not like she had to like go through a stack of paintings. It was one lone painting sitting yeah, there. It's just one thing. And then, so then she tells Peter about it, and Peter's like, well, I'll help you out. And so then, um, oh, so then they're talking to a curator and he says that it's, the painting is the Amici and it's a picture of a bride. It could have been left behind when, when they switched, not warehouse. Yeah, they switched storage spaces in 1963 and it probably could have been left behind then. They said the artist was Claudio and Claudio Amici. Mm-hmm. There's an artist. There is an Italian artist named Domenico Amici, who is a 19th century artist. His work does not look like that. And we've already referenced a 20th century artist on this show named Amici. Don Amici. Yep, Don Amici. Well done. Who was 20 years older than the 50-year-old Wilford Brimley, who I still can't believe was 50 in Cocoon. He was living hard doing all that coke off his oatmeal. I just (laughs) imagine paralegal listening to this podcast. Like, oh, there it is again. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine? There's like some... they're like typing up transcripts. Their their entire discovery process has to listen to us talking about things like the wrong blind date. Right? And pie for 20 minutes. They talk about June Squibb a lot. Oh, that's right. You know, hey, wait, there's not June Squibb in a while. Dead, She's never dead. sued us. Not yet. How is June? I'm a little worried about her. Magic well, she's alive. There's well, also no, an arrest. 2022 has not been kind to our senior celebrities so far. I think that's the way it happens with senior citizens all the time. We just know about it more because it's social media. Well, they better leave my June squib alone. She our needs to be with us for a very long time. Our listeners should go back and listen to our Betty White episode that was uh, re posted earlier this year because i was listening to it so it's uh it's good stuff yeah. r.i.p betty white you know i'm glad that i posted that because hallmark actually re-ran the movie on her birthday see it's perfect perfect timing oh it's where parade magazine like they they must put their stuff together like a month in advance because they still put something out the week of her 100th birthday like happy birthday betty white and it was like three weeks after oh, uh, there were a lot of publications that were doing that because they were already planning a 100th birthday celebration uh in movie theaters at like a phantom events thing with this documentary about her and uh, so that was already in the works. So she was had already done some press for it. That's why she was on the cover of People, because um, it was all going to benefit animal charity. So she was on board for the birthday thing before her birthday. 
and it was only a week away. Oh, like, like it wasn't that yeah. far away. Yeah. Oh, it was only a week. It was like yeah. three weeks. Yeah, but like she was in like the home stretch. That was like with my grandfather because really? my grandfather died at ninety nine, and he was gonna be, he was gonna be hundred. He died in January, and he was gonna be one hundred in June. I was like, can you wait four months? <laughs> <laughs> was that the eulogy you gave? <laughs> can you just can you wait four can months? Wait? <laughs> I have a podcast. I need some bragging rights. Yeah. No one's impressed with 99. No, 100. Yeah. Bad. Oh, okay. So then Mean Jason is like, he hates Avery. Hates her. And he's very competitive with her. And so, But then Avery says, you know what? I have an idea for our gala. Why don't we unveil the Amici painting at the gala? And the boss was like, oh, my God, that's a fabulous idea. The boss, who was fabulous, by the way, was like, oh, that's a fabulous idea. Is and, it Did anybody miss this painting? I mean, obviously no one was looking for it. It would have been easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you just looked. So, so then... Um, Peter then convinces Avery to go talk to the board about it. She goes and talks to the board. Um, it goes well. Um, she then talks to the curator. Then she decides that the gala, she wanted it to be like a wedding themed gala. Then, you know, they start talking about why they're so bitter. Peter was engaged but it ended because she was just using him for his money. Yep. It was and weird. They kind of danced around that. That was the reason, but they didn't really come out and explicitly say it. Right. Yeah, I'm looking for where that is. Because, yeah, he... Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I know, because they, they said they, they called it the, they said the wrong reasons. I thought it was weird because she was surprised that he was... Knit. Never married. Like, I'm surprised you never had a failed marriage. Because you seem like such a nice guy. Well, it's 2022. Yeah. Um, Here's what he said. She was in love with the details. What? Not in love with him. He said his fiance was in love with the details. Yes. And And so that's why he said that that's why he wasn't so forthcoming. Because he... Doesn't like to lead with that, with you know that he's she was still so, fucking. I rich. mean, she was in love with the details that I was sleeping with other women, or she <laughs> wouldn't let go of it. She loved him so much. <laughs> um. So so then, um, they're looking at invitations for the ball, and they're making goo goo eyes at each other, and um. Then she's talking about her friends, and she kind of like doesn't she kind of throw shade at her friends? Like they 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 view art differently, but we're still friends. No, I don't think she was throwing shade at all. I think that was trying to justify the connective tissue between these three movies. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, oh, then they go to a mac and cheese restaurant, which I would have loved. 
And this is where I noticed that he had. Go ahead, Kurt. No, Kurt. Mac, mac and cheese is so fattening, though. I, mean, cake, I have a great it? recipe. A I have cake, a great a recipe. cake isn't fattening? <laughs> mac and cheese is more fattening than <laughs> cake. I have a, a recipe. I have a great recipe for mac and cheese. But I'm telling you, it's like I, I put on like five pounds after I eat some. I love well, mac you're... and cheese. I will eat it whenever it's on a menu. If it's, if it's made right. Well, yeah, but you never know until you try it. It's, it's largely about the breadcrumbs, though. You got to have a good breadcrumb game. Yeah. Otherwise, your, your mac and cheese is a flop. Yeah. I got a recipe. I found it in some like week. Some it was like some local, like a Cincinnati weekly newspaper, and they they printed some family macaroni and cheese recipe. And I, I got it somewhere, but it's it's the bomb, yo. Please share the, with your friends on a lifetime of Hallmark podcast. I have to find yes, it. I, have to, I have to find it. It's away somewhere. I'll make a note. Please do. Oh. Pen. <laughs> We're using this time to trade recipes. Can't find a pen. Hey, <laughs> anyone who's listening to this, send send us a reminder. Send me a reminder on Twitter. So everyone to, should send in their mac and cheese recipes. Yeah, do that. You might win a prize. The best one might win a prize. You got to be careful oh. about saying stuff like that, Kurt. <laughs> I said they might. Okay. Or you might not. But you might not. Well, no, you're not winning any prize. Sorry about that. Oh, so you win nothing and like it. <laughs> so, so Avery tells Peter, "You're not what I thought you'd be." And then, what did she think it was going to be? It, it, well, she thought, I guess she thought he was going to be stuck up. But then, uh-huh. Peter says that I'm not a suit and tie guy. And then he talks about his dad. Who's dead? dead. <laughs> oh, what, what happened? I didn't hear it. Oh, I played it. I see dead people. Exactly. Okay. So then they're out in front of, they're outside, and then a hot guy in a convertible pulls up. And once again, Peter thinks that Peter thinks that's her fiancé. And it's not her fiancé. It turns out to be Lucy, the bride's brother. He was hot, though. He was hot. He was the hottest guy in the movie. And should have had more dialogue and should have been shirtless. Yes. Like the guy last week who was shirtless for basically the entire movie. Lifetime. I love it. <laughs> I still thought it was yeah. funny last week when he walks up to the house and he's like, it's like, dude, don't you have a shirt? Yeah. It was outrageous. Oh, I was an outrage. Yeah, not outrage. <laughs> oh, so then he he gets weird. Like uh, Peter gets weird with Avery again, and Avery's telling Lucy, "I'm over this shit. He's he's moody. He's weird. I'm done." But then we later find out that Avery gets happy because the gala is sold out. Meanwhile, mean Jason is lurking. And then Peter comes up to Avery, apologizes for being weird. He tells Avery, I just want to be your friend. And Avery's like, what the, like thinking, what the hell? You're weird. It just keeps happening too. It's a, it's a cycle that goes around and around and around. Does she really want that? So she's like, she's like, you're a weirdo at this point. 
So then, um, oh, so she leaves with Jason. Like, I guess she worked a half day and took the rest of the day off. Oh, oh no, she left with Peter. Jason, meanwhile, is back in the office. Avery gets a call from the curator. Jason takes the message and throws it in the garbage. And the curator's like, I need to speak with her as soon as possible. It's very important. Make sure she gets this message. And he threw it in the garbage. This was nuts to me, A, because it's a Hallmark movie. You've got somebody outwardly sabotaging somebody else, which you don't really see on Hallmark. But I also thought it was crazy because it's a really easy thing to trace back to Jason. Right. <laughs> like, if I'll you're going to yeah. do something deceitful, at least be good at being deceitful. Right, because especially all she needed to do was call the guy and say, hey, I haven't heard from you. And he's like, yeah, but... Talk to I, Jason. You know, Jason answered his phone and took a message. There's only, like, one person in the office. There's only one guy in that office, actually. So yeah. he'd be really, you know, screwed. And to make it worse, he actually wrote down the message and then crumb, crumpled it up so, so somebody could just find that. Uh, and, and I think that they're showing, like, shenanigans like that because it's, a, it's an all-new Hallmark. They're stepping up. Sure They're getting with the time. Up in the it's stakes. The dark I see. side. It's the dark side of Hallmark, where there's voodoo and deceit. <laughs> oh, oh, that's oh, Peter. So Avery left with Peter because they went to go and take a look at a at like a, a classical group. Yeah, it was like a string for, quartet or something playing in the park. Yeah. And so then they're talking Avery and Peter, and we find out that Peter actually would rather teach kids. And what? And Avery's like, you know what, Peter, you need to make it happen for yourself. That's what that's what her uncle said. And then Peter says, well, he waited too long, so he's not going to be able to ever fulfill his dream as a teacher because it's too late for him. So then. Lacey calls the curator and is like, yo, why haven't you called me? And he's like, um, there's a problem with the painting. And it was something that was good. That was making it buckle up or something like making it buckle. Yeah. He, he actually went into a lot of detail about it. it. needs to go into like a vapor tent, blah, blah, blah. And I thought when he started rattling off all this technical stuff about the painting, that Peter's dad's biotech company was somehow going to save the day. Right. Oh, wow. That was not but the case, by the way. That was not the case. And he said, and he's like, you know, it's going to, it's like, it's going to take me some time to do this. Like I won't be able to be done by, the time for the gala and, and Avery's like, well, what if you put in an all nighter? And he's like, Nope, still wouldn't work. And then Avery's like, well, what if we got more than one person to help you out? And he was like, uh, not sure. And then Avery once again was like, if you want things to happen, you have to make them happen. So she gets on the phone. She starts making calls. Could you see me and Jason was smirking. And Luce, but Lucy was on to mean Jason. Lucy was giving him looks. She, like she did was not like him. him, and I was there for it. Like she was, she was throwing him dirty looks the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. An uncomfortable office environment. 
Yeah, it really was. A toxic, a toxic work environment. <laughs> yeah, and there weren't that many people. It, it was, see, it, it looked the relaxed, the, the setting. You know, it's not like a bunch of cubicles, but no. They're at each other's throats. So then, Lacey, Avery, being the good Hallmark heroine that she was, was very busy at her computer. And she was so busy that she spent the night in the office and slept at her desk. So then, um, oh, so so then Sammy called, and then um, Sammy had names. She had names of people to help her out, right? Yeah, because they're all sort of in similar fields. Because Sammy uh, Tracy, I guess her character's name is, she runs uh, an auction house, and the other friend. Uh, is a professor of art, I believe. Hmm. We saw that b- blonde woman in a movie, right? Yeah. Was she in that like the Western movie we saw? She was in the one at the ski lodge. She was in one. She was in the Days murder of Our Lives baked. one that we just watched. She was in Murder She Baked. Stall- okay. Sammy Brady, Allison Sweeney. Oh, okay. Oh, she was in the. Was she in the? The, the Salem Christmas? Yeah. We just watched? Yeah. yeah. Oh, She's... yeah. Okay. That's right. Oh, okay. So, um, uh, Avery, the boss, like, wants some results, but Avery, like, actually finagled some more time with her boss. And then we are at Lucy's wedding. And Peter is there, too. And Lucy's actually kind of trying to set them up. And so... Peter's there with this hot blonde. Right. Peter's with a hot blonde. And he thinks that uh, Avery is there with Lucy's brother. Yeah. And so they're dancing. And he's like, where's your fiance? And she's like, what are you talking about, weirdo? And he's like, you know, your fiance. And she's like, I don't have a fiance. And he's like, well, your boyfriend. She's like, I don't have a boyfriend. And he's like, well, what about that guy? And she's like, that's Lucy's brother. And Lucy's brother is hitting on his, co- his date, who was his cousin. Yeah, he, he went with his cousin. And, and so the cousin and Lucy's brother were like hitting it off big time. Just go by yourself. You're going with your cousin? That's kind of weird. Well, I think because he didn't really know anyone there anyway, uh, he wanted to look like he had someone on his arm that was attractive. Weird. So, so, <laughs> I still think it's kind of weird. So, so then, I wrote here, Peter helped solve a problem. What problem did he help solve? I can't remember. Oh, boy. He caught the bouquet? Oh, that's right. He caught the bouquet. He gave it to Avery. Hmm. He drives and her that, home because the Lucy's brother and Peter's cousin are still together. And it's heavily implied that they hooked up. Yes. Because yeah. it's an all-new Hallmark. Mm-hmm. We're getting, mm-hmm. we're stepping mm-hmm. it up. We're getting we're dirty at Hallmark. We're hooking up. We're getting bleak. We're getting dark. We got cats. We got 
voodoo. You're hitting all the right, hitting all the corners. And then, yeah, he, he he's trying to. Now he's like he sees an opening, so he walks her home, and he's trying to crawl up in there. And she's like, "We're not bumping uglies tonight. I have work early tomorrow." Right. Now I don't like to quote dialogue precisely, but I just did. Oh, so so then, so then, um, Jason and and Lacey go out to dinner, and they're having dinner, and this is when she tells him about her dead mother. I see dead people. You mean not Peter, nothing. Peter and Lacey. Peter and Lacey. It's oh, good thing this Peter. It's a good thing this Peter's an heir because they're going out to eat constantly. This that that cost some cash. I mean, right. He's constantly out for some coffee or something. Not just coffee, but they're, they're out. I mean, there's like there's so many restaurants this this this, this, this guy's going to. That foundation is going to go bankrupt. Well, <laughs> Avery's not going bankrupt because now she and Jason are officially a couple. So then she goes back to the office. Wait, and- no. What are you talking about? You're talking about mean Jason. No, because then yeah. she goes back to the office yeah. and mean Jason is flipping out. And Lucy's, Lucy's enjoying, Mean Jason's flipping out, and Lucy's enjoying the hell out of it. Oh, and we find out that. that Mean Jason was supposed to, like, facilitate a class for these kids, but his teacher didn't, he, he booked the wrong flight for his guest. And he says to, to Avery, I was so caught up with trying to make your life miserable that I didn't pay attention to what I was doing, and so I booked him on the wrong flight. And by the way, I was the one who took the message from the curator and threw it in the trash, and Avery's like, I already know. No, he didn't say that at that point. He says that later on. He doesn't make that confession at that point. I think he makes it later after after she saves the day. Oh, so she saves the day by getting Peter, because Peter, who, who always wanted to teach kids, she gets Peter to come and fill in for the guy who missed the flight. And Peter went, and Peter actually did a great job. And so, oh, so then, then Jason confesses, and then Jason asks Avery if they could be friends. And she's a better person than I because she was like, yeah, we could be friends. I'd be like, F you. Yeah, because he didn't just he didn't say, can we be friends? I screw up. He's like, can competitors be friends? It's like she never saw him as a competitor. Right. It was all in his head because he's such a D-bag. Right. Then he took it one step further. He said, can competitors be friends with benefits? The <laughs> <laughs> whole new hallmark. Like- whole new hallmark. <laughs> that's, what I would, that's what I'd ask you. You might as well go for it, you know? Because he's like one of these annoying people being all competitive with her. And she was just like living her best life, not even paying attention to him. She did the right thing. I would have done what she did. But that's because I just let people walk all over me. Because <laughs> I'd be like, F you. Get away. I'm a sucker. I'd be like, I'd be, oh, it's okay. Mean Jason. Well, this is a good example of her taking the high road benefited her anyway. That's what I did. True. I took the high road. So then they're at the gala. Lacey, of course, looks amazing. And Peter's like, you look stunning. And then Peter gives a speech. And then they unveiled the picture with the bride. And I noticed 
what they ended up noticing later immediately. Well, oh yeah, there's a, one of the guys, one of the extras. When they show this picture, he looks like he shit himself so hard he's got an impacted bowel movement. <laughs> I mean, this guy. <laughs> See, I, so Kurt sent us the screen, a, a screen grab of this guy. I don't think he looks like he shit his pants. To me, it looks like before they started filming this scene, he just took a powerful hallucinogenic and it just kicked in the uh, moment they got to this unveiling. When I worked as an extra on Gossip Girl, <laughs> it was one of the characters was walking in the room and, and we all had to look at him like it just in horror. And I'm actually in the show. You see my reaction, but because uh, they actually used my shot, shot of me. But the but the AD or whatever said, "All right, everybody, everybody, pretend it's Hitler walking in the room." Oh my god, <laughs> girl! And so then they, they didn't get enough of a reaction, right? So the Tiger Woods scandal was going on. Said, so "Never mind, Hitler. It's Tiger Woods walking in the room." <laughs> and everyone was like, "Oh." I want to know what the, the the array of reactions were. Because I'm sure some people gave I'm the exact just, reaction they, used, they wanted, like the surprise. But some people are like, oh, hey. No, they used my reaction. I'll have to find out. If anybody can find the, the Gossip Girl episode, it's, it's at an opera. And you see me. I'm in the whole episode. I keep turning up. It's like, oh, there's Kurt. <laughs> yeah, and then it. So super fans of the show. If you really want to experience the minutia. You know what to do. What do you think they showed these extras in this scene? Because I'm looking at them all now. What do you think they showed them to elicit the reaction? Because they all have a reaction in this moment. Do you think it's the actual think, painting? Or do you think it's like the director's D-pick? I, the 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 I think they showed them the old Philadelphia news footage of Bud Dwyer shooting himself. <laughs> I don't get the reference. Oh, you know that, Jason? I thought you'd know that. Oh. Yeah, who's Ben Dwyer? Oh, never mind. Don't look. Don't look it up, please. It's horrible. Well, now I'm going to have. Now Google it. Horrible. I thought you would know it, Jason. Jason, I thought you were from Philly. You're from Allentown. And you did. And you don't know this. You don't don't, know Bud Dwyer. I might if I reread this story, but it doesn't sound familiar now. All right. I guess let's explain it. Before people start looking, it was horrible. It was like a 1986. So this guy Bud Dwyer was like a Philadelphia. Pennsylvania. I think he was in Philadelphia, so he was accused of something, and so he he, he has a news conference and he sh- he shot himself uh, during oh, the news conference. Yeah. But what happened was, this was broadcast like on the news, and like I was so I, I grew up in the Philadelphia area. We had a snow day that day, so they just showed this on the news like during the during the day. So a lot of kids at home saw this horrible thing. We're traumatized. I, I would imagine that if I had a snow day at that. Point. Uh, I was probably just watching other stuff. Like I, I knew that. Oh, there's news on in this channel. I don't want to watch that. I want to watch I music videos it, or something. No. But it was, it was a controversial thing that it aired. Well, yeah. Anyway, that joke didn't work. You, you guys didn't know what it was. Half the battle, hey. Kurt. Oh, oh, that's all right. I'm, I'm willing shared to take context. Those risks. We need a shared context for humor to work. I thought because you're from Pennsylvania, you would know that. Oh, well. No, I'm not saying it was, it was a bad attempt. I'm just saying that that's, that, that's how jokes work. Roll us. Look, I, I've moved on. I've moved on. So, so it, 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 I Amy, promise it wasn't meant as a dig. Uh, oh, I, I know, I know. So Avery meets Peter's mother, and they're getting along very well, but then mm-hmm. Avery gets like motor mouth. 
and just starts like like mm-hmm. telling like telling Peter's mom that you know he'd rather be a teacher blah 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 just overstepping it's like shut up Avery you've been dating this guy five minutes shut up oh <laughs> <laughs> Jason showed just the picture. What was that? What was that? I, the I, I, I zoomed in on the guy oh. on the alleged powerful lucid He looks like oh, An- he, he looks like Einstein. Yeah, he does look a little like and like looks like you remember scanners? The guy's head blew up. Looks like it's about ready to happen there. I don't know. I, I have a lot of thoughts when I see that man. <laughs> He's got to go up on the Instagram. Okay. Oh, so 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 Lacey's so Lacey's <laughs> so Lacey's saying all this stuff to his mother, but the mom likes her, actually. But then later, Peter comes up and starts yelling at Lacey like, "How dare you tell my mother that I want to be a teacher? Now my mother's gonna flip out and blah 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 blah." And Lacey looked at him and she's like, "Okay, I'm done with you." We're done. Lacey should have been. That should have been it. Enough of this. Because this is going to keep happening and happening and happening. She's got to yeah. pull out. Because this is supposed to be, when you're first meeting, this is supposed to be the best that it's going to get. And if it's already like this, man, you're going to have is a problem. It is it worth it? Also, it's an insane it's thing to be upset about. Like, how dare you share my passion for kids learning? Like... Oh, it's such I a weird thing to, to be angry then, about. Yeah. So Lacey was just, Lacey literally rolled her eyes and was just like, you know what, idiot? I'm done. I can't, I can't do this. What I'm Lacey Chabert. I have yeah. men, you know. <clears throat> I, but they don't I'm have Lacey money like this. This guy's in like the 1% or what, what, what percentage is he in? I don't know. He's in another percent that his job is to give his money away. Yeah, but if he's going to be annoying like that, could you imagine that you marry him and then he's that annoying and has money too? I don't know what to say. Oh, that would be bad? Because, because what she's going to do is she's going to find no. another guy who like, works in a bookstore and he's, he might be annoying in other ways. But no, he looked uh. like he would be annoying and controlling that. Hmm. And now I'm thinking bad and bad because he is all over the place. Yeah. I, 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 it, I don't know if it's worth it. You know, you, you, how much money do you need? Well, like I said, it's a cycle. It's going to happen over and over and over again. And maybe she has her own money. She's a grown-ass woman. Doesn't have that much money. She doesn't have... What's the, what's the guy's name? Peter Horton? What's, what's his, what's his guy's name? The show? Hastings. Hastings? She doesn't have Peter Hastings' money. Peter Horton, I think, was on 30-something. He was. <laughs> he he was. Some money too. But that's the thing. It's like when you're dating and you're first dating, that's like kind of the best that it's going to get. And if it's already going downhill like that, get out. Like, like have you ever heard of these people who like have been dating for like two or three months and they go to couples therapy? And it's like, if you're going to couples therapy already, you need to just shut that, just leave. People do that? Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like if you do not live in the same house, you don't need to be going to couples therapy. You just need to be breaking up. (laughs) 
Anyway, we're doing that. <laughs> they should go to the couples therapy on their first date. That should be their date. They should start. People should start their first date at couples therapy. Right. I, I'll take one step. I'm going to go to a couples therapy counselor, try to pick up a woman there. We could start right there. Well, yeah, some hey, are going to know that the relationship's know. already over. So that's a good spot to start, Kurt. Right. Yeah. Get in there now. Get it while the game hey, can't get worse than this over here. Hey. Oh, and I even wrote, Peter's a dick. <laughs> you dick. He was. No, it just reminds me of a Spicoli. So, so then she's on Zoom with the girls again, lamenting her love life. Very topical. And, and then we see her at the museum, and her boss comes in and gives her the promotion. So now that's like she's like head curator, right? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Or a full curator. Yeah. yeah. So then Peter's having dinner with his mom, and he tells his mom about what happened and his mom's like get it together you idiot like i like i like this mother because she really did give it to him like you're just you're just an asshole and an idiot get it together she did nothing wrong she's like the mother of succession a little bit too oh really <laughs> maybe yeah, not to that extreme yeah that woman that character is horrible oh really well is she well, yes, yeah, she is. Yeah, she, she is. is. They all, everyone on this show is. That's what I've heard. Everybody, everybody's. I, you know, I know we're talking about this, this. We're we're not talking about the succession, but we are. But yeah, season three, I'm watching, and I'm I'm really into it. And yes, these people are. There's oh, it's, people are so awful. <laughs> how many episodes oh, a season? Like how? Like would I be able to get three seasons? Getting three seasons. I think out? it's like ten episodes a season, something like that. Yeah, I think I think season three had. Nine, I think. Okay, I, so I could, just like, finished it yeah. like yesterday. It's it's uh it's not an easily bingeable show only because there's uh there's a lot of tense drama, so it it you know it takes time to build, so it's not something that it boom gets to the action right away in every episode. Uh huh. And I would say in season three, like every episode is like a s- s- set piece, also. Okay. Would you agree, Jason? I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to give it away, but, but yeah, set piece each episode. So it's it's really. I I enjoyed watching like one episode a day. Yeah, that that's one most. that you shouldn't watch more than two in a row. It's usually good to like watch one and watch the the next one on a separate day, like Kurt said. Oh, kind of like a Handmaid's Tale. Did not see it, but I would uh, imagine so. Yes. Which I, I have I, watched Handmaid's Tale. I haven't watched it, but my friends who watch it say that you can't watch more than like one a day, or it'll just really yeah, bum you out. I guess I'm not really much of a binge watcher, but I don't I don't recall. Yeah, I, I've seen Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, I can binge. Handmaid's Tale is kind of a hard show to watch sometimes. I can binge either lighter stuff like comedy, or I can binge uh, like popcorn. You know, it just pure fun. But if there's like a lot of drama and a lot going on, and I really want to take it in, I can do one episode and I'm worn out. Because yeah, Emily in Paris. I binged Emily in Paris season two in a day. I don't know what that is. What? A wildly popular Netflix show. How dare you, Kurt Fitzpatrick? Emily in Paris. Watching Netflix. I own stock in Netflix, and it's tanked this week. So can people start watching it again so I can 
get my well, money back. Well, you need to you need to watch Emily in Paris then. I'll Emily in Paris shit this is week, it was written by Michael Patrick King, huh? the guy who created Sex and the City, oh, and nice. so it's tanky. about a it's about a it's about a, a young lady who her jo- her boss is supposed to go to Paris and take over this position, but her boss ends up getting pregnant. So then she moves to Paris in place of her boss and has hijinks, has Parisian hijinks. I even like three shares of this Netflix. And this well, Emily in Paris has brought it down. No, she won a golden. Emily in Paris won a Golden Globe last year. We're we're recording this in late January, twenty twenty two. I just want to say because God knows people might be listening to this years in the future. And, and for the record, I enjoyed Emily in Paris. <laughs> All right. I'm not watching it. I have enough to do. Did not watch it. Do not care. I'm it's not basically it. it's kind of like a Hallmark movie. Yeah, it goes on and on and on and on. Really selling it here last with sexy French guys. I'm more interested in this. No, I'm just not gonna watch. <laughs> Let's wrap up this movie. You. I feel like we're dragging our feet because this movie is so boring. Let's just wrap this thing up. All right. Let's, let's okay. So, oh, so then, so then Peter apologizes. Peter Paul and Mary. And then the next thing we know, it's Avery and Peter's wedding. And Mean Jason was invited. Which you and Mean Jason was invited. Yes. You know who I didn't see would, there, who I thought we would, was uh, Lucy's hot brother and Peter's hot cousin. Right. I think I did see them there. Because I specifically look for them because they always have people no. in that final scene. Okay. So so then um, so then Avery turns to, to turns to Emma and Tracy and she's like, uh See, bitches, the veil works. Look at this. I got a ring on my finger. And, and then, um, oh, and then she tells them, she's like, look at this painting. The woman, and this is what I noticed, the woman in the painting had the veil. That they, she was wearing the veil. I picked up on that the moment that uh, we found out that the artist's name was Amici, because she found an A on the veil, and the painting right. features a, a woman dressed in her wedding garb. I'm like, oh, that's the veil in the painting, of course. Right. Um, so then um, Tracy's like, so then Tracy's like, well, you know, I am going to Italy. Why don't I take the veil with me so I could do some research on it? How's she going to do that? Was she going to walk around and just knock on people's doors and say do you know anything about this well i saw the commercial for the next movie which is which pre which starts on february 12th and she goes to italy she meets a man and so this is going to be the next one is going to be basically like a fish out of water movie where you know an american girl with a veil goes to italy and hijinks ensue i want it to be like a road movie where she and the veil are on the run from the law (laughs) <laughs> like Thelma, Thelma and Louise in the veil. They drive over a cliff. Oh, did I give away the ending? And that's of it. Of the movie, yeah. Well, if it was no, Thelma Louise was out in 1991. If it was a Lifetime just, movie, was it 1991? That sounds about right, yeah. Thelma and Louise? I think so, yeah. Directed by but, Ridley Scott, who directed The House of Gucci. But if if it was if it was a a lifetime movie, they would drive over the cliff, 
And then it would be three months later. And then the, the doorbell would ring and she'd be like, hello, I'm Terry. But it would be Thelma. Anyway, so that's it. Part that's one it. of three. There's two I more. Like I, I feel like I have so much more to say. Well, I'm sure well, when we watch the other two movies, we'll have another 20-minute conversation about the cakes we love. Okay, good. Now, next week, I'm going to look. I want to see something with blood and guts. I'm, but, I'm, you didn't wanna, you, but you didn't want to watch Squid Game? I guess no, 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 but not like Squid Game blood and guts, like Lifetime blood and guts, which isn't so bloody or gutsy. Like Maybe Lifetime I'll watch- is... Maybe I'll watch Squid an episode of Squid Games. So we can have a you guys discussion have to admit, common ground. You guys have to admit, like, like Lifetime is violence light. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say it's violence light. It's it, it's violence, but almost done at a comical level. Right. Because exactly. because if they make it comical, then it's not quite so harrowing what these women are going through. So you can like sit back and enjoy the ridiculousness of the movie rather than being invested in like, oh my god, they're hurting women. Cause I look at I look at lifetime movies as kind of a wink wink nudge nudge. Like we're in on we're all in on the joke here. Let's just right. lean into it and, yeah. and have fun. Yeah. So I want to find, I want to find like a psycho, because we already watched a wrong movie. I want to find a psycho, a psycho or a killer. Yeah, we haven't watched a psycho right. or a killer in a while. Psycho. I remember Kill- the psycho, yeah. Like psycho psycho grannies. Yeah. Killer Contractor, I think are my favorite movie out of this podcast. I just re-listened to that episode that we did about Killer Contractor because we mentioned it last week. It is a good episode to start with for this podcast. It's so bizarre, though, because it's like 2020, just (gasps) pre-COVID. Really? And, And like so many crazy things happen in that movie that at the time seemed so foreign to us. And now is very much like, oh, yeah, that's Lifetime. They do that. Right. All I know is Killer Contractor had the the scene with the little girl sitting under the fan, the ceiling yeah. fan, uh, on, on her bed. And then when we were getting um, when we were getting vetted for our adoption, the social worker came and checked out the room, and we had the bed under the ceiling fan. And she's like, "No, you're not allowed to have the ceiling fan under the bed." And I'm like, "Like Killer Contractor." <laughs> Yeah, because they also question chase you around like a helicopter. Yeah, Dude, were, right. were they concerned about your uh, oven creating a giant fireball that might fly out of it at any moment? Right, or like you know, the woman in the basement who's being forced to pump that pump her breast milk. Yeah. I don't even remember all this breather. stuff, but I, I, I can see how a contractor could really mess you up. You remember that movie though, right? Where the woman was like, I don't remember those details. No, I do remember the. The, the uh, ceiling fan, yeah, because that was just outrageous. Anyway, yes, listen to that. And if you want to find me, you can find me on my website at lesscrookedallbarrett.com. Uh, Jason. Uh, first of all, if you are new to this podcast or if you've never left us a review, we would love and would greatly appreciate a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on. It helps more people find the show, and that's always good. 
Because then we have more people in the fold here. Uh, you can find us all on Instagram and Facebook at Lifetime of Hallmark Podcast. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Big Shot Jason. Kurt. Hello. You can go to KurtFitzpatrick.com with a K. I have to update that stuff. But there's some stuff on there to look at. That's it. And if you are in the Fresno area, the first two weeks of March, I'm going to be doing uh, my one-man show, um, The Real Black Swan, uh, Confessions of America's First Black Drag Queen. It is about William Dorsey Swan, who was a former slave who became the queen of drag. And it's going to be the first two weeks in March, and you can find that information at fresnorogue.com. Or is it .org? It's one of them. So, <laughs> and I guess that's it. So, that's it. until next time, bye. 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 bye.